sin, but we don't have to keep sinning. And so tonight we're going to go backwards a little bit from where we were this morning, and we're going to talk about uh, the miracle of when he healed the officer's son. So let's all stand tonight. We're going to be in chapter 4 of John, John chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading with verse Oh, Tim, I told you 45, but it's 43. Can you go back one or two? There we go. Sorry. After the two days, he left from Galilee. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal officer whose son lay sick in Capernaum. And Capernaum's probably 12, 13 miles away, something like that. Pretty good walk. And when, his man, and when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, He went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal officer said, sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. This is my favorite part of this whole story. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And while he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living when he inquired as to the time when his son got better they said to him the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour when the father then the father realized that this was the exact time at which jesus had said to him your son will live so he and all his household believed this was the second miraculous sign that jesus performed having come from judea to galilee let's pray father tonight help us to understand that you ask us to obey and you ask us to believe and we are called to do what you ask us to do and so father i pray that you would help us to believe help us when we don't believe help us not to uh think that we have the corner on the market of the holy spirit father you are everywhere and time and space and geography means nothing to you you can get it all done no matter where we are you can be wherever we are praying at and so father i pray that you would just show us this tonight help us to believe and we ask these things in jesus name amen so jesus comes back to cana of galilee and makes it pretty clear that you guys that the that the guys the people here don't really believe him and him they just want to see miracles. They, they, they didn't want to obey Jesus. They just wanted to see him do exciting things. They wanted the show. They wanted the entertainment of it. And they wanted to get what they needed and then move on. They, I say this a lot, but they loved the gift more than they loved the giver. And I think it's interesting here that it's a Roman soldier, a Roman officer who comes and talks to Jesus. And, and Jesus, uh, he, he believes in Jesus. He believes that Jesus can change things. And it's interesting because most people would have wrote, written him off because he was a Roman. Romans really didn't run around with Jews and, uh, and, and really weren't interested in Jews. And they surely weren't, certainly weren't going to ask 
Jews for help, but this guy does. And he believes, he believes that God can help him. I don't know, do you realize how many miracles there are that happen around us every day? I think sometimes we forget that. Uh, we, we live with all types of miracles all the time, and sometimes we just get used to them, and we don't notice what's going on. Do you realize, I, I don't know if you thought about this, but I was reading, I was reading in one of, the, uh, one of the writers that wrote about this, uh, this particular miracle, he said that a bottle of Tylenol probably would have fixed this kid. Do you understand that? He had a high fever. What do you use for high fever? Tylenol. Do you know that Tylenol is a miracle? You know that we live with things that used to kill people, high fevers and things like that. Tylenol is usually the answer that can keep them from getting into really bad shape. And we don't think about that. You know why? Because we got Tylenol running out our ears. It's no problem to go get a Tylenol. When we were over in uh, Papua New Guinea, we asked them, what are some of the things that you need most? You know what they need the most? Tylenol. They said, we, we cannot keep enough Tylenol. They said, that's what, they said, that's the thing we use. He said, that, that's, a, it's literally there is something that can save a life. And we use it all the time. Like, we eat them like Tic Tacs. I mean, because they're here everywhere. You know that Tylenol is a modern day miracle that we have? And we don't even notice it at all. Uh, I was thinking of some other things. Uh, plumbing, clean water. You know that most of the world, most of the deaths in the world are because of dirty water of water that's contaminated and and they don't have proper treatment and things like that and lots of times you know we kind of make we kind of make fun of sammy roast because there's been some problems with the water in marshfield and i kind of give him a hard time and and everybody goes oh well marshfield water is not that good i'm gonna tell you what if the world had marshfield water it probably cut the death rate in half do you understand that you understand how lucky we are we are so so blessed that we complain about water that's not as clean as we want it to be when it's still plenty clean you understand that and we are we we don't understand that that clean water is a wonderful wonderful miracle thousands of people die every year because of unclean water clean water is a miracle and we don't remember it we don't praise god when's the last time you praise god because you had clean water you ought to think about that. So this is the second miracle that happens in Galilee. And the first one uh, kind of had started a stir. And we talked about that last week. And, and we talked about that once Jesus started doing these miracles, the ball was going to start rolling, that his, his, his ministry was going to get a lot of attention, that he would be, after that, I mean, it was just full bore, full throttle all the way to the cross. And the first miracle showed Jesus' power over the elements. Uh, Jesus is not hindered by science, but he doesn't have to work according to science. You know that Jesus, that God created science, and we think that there's scientific laws, and there are, and that applies to us, but scientific law doesn't apply to God. God can do whatever he wants to, okay? And if he wants to work within the laws of science, he can, but if he wants to go completely outside the box and do whatever he wants to, he can do that too. And so we see that in the first miracle. And so as he has done this, 
Uh, he's done this miracle. Word has spread, and it's even got to where this Roman guy has heard about it. And, and Jesus operates different than anybody else. We have, we have this Roman guy, and he's kind of, would, they would consider him to be one of the more important people. And so you have very important people coming to Jesus, and you also have people who are not so important. And everybody is coming to Jesus now. And uh, it would have been unheard of in Jesus' day for a Roman to talk to a Jew the way he is coming to Jesus. And, uh, but, but this one did. And, and we talked about it just, somebody, uh, Kate, had a perfect example of that. Pain and hurt has a way of breaking us down to where we do things that we wouldn't normally do. This Roman would not normally come to a Jewish rabbi and ask him for anything. The Jews didn't have anything he needed. The Jews were subhuman to the Romans. And yet, when he comes to this, part, this place in his life where there is pain and hurt and fear, it starts breaking you down to where you start reaching out for anything that you think will help. Have you ever... Have you ever uh, gone very long without anything to eat? If, you're, if, you're, if you come to your house and, you, and you've gone all day and you haven't ate anything and you go to your house and you don't have anything to eat, you'll just eat about anything. When I get really hungry, I, and there, we don't keep much, I know it, of course we don't keep much food. It stays, this is where we keep it. Right here is where I keep it, right here. All right? But lots of t- we don't keep a whole lot of food in our house. And sometimes I'll come home and I don't want to go get anything. And I'll just be, and I'll just like get a can of beans, you know, and I just eat them right out of the can. I mean, you get, I get hungry, man. I just eat a bean right out of the, out of the can. And you say, why would you do that? Because I'm hungry. And if you get in a place, and, and, and lots of people make fun of McDonald's, you know, Every, nobody wants to eat at McDonald's. It's just nobody likes to eat there. It's not great or anything like that. But me and Lindsay was talking about it. When I came back from Papua New Guinea, I want to eat at McDonald's. And she said, when I came back from Costa Rica, I want to eat at McDonald's. I don't know why. Why? Because you haven't had anything that tasted good. And, you're, and you just, you get broke down and you'll eat anything. And that's the way it is. And so, uh, I don't know. But when you get fear, when you get pain or loss, it brings you to a place where you might not normally be. You're more open to what somebody else might have to say. And we wonder why God allows things to happen in our lives. God loves us enough. It doesn't feel like love at the time, but God loves us enough to get us in a place where we can hear him. And sometimes he has to break us and hurt us and we get in a bad spot to where we will listen to him. And that's what has happened to this Roman guard. His son is at the point of death. Imagine if your kid was at home at the point of death. What would you do to seek out help for him? You would go to the ends of the earth. You would walk the 15 miles to Cana to try to find the guy who has some sort of power. You would seek for him. And that's what this guy did. So he sought him. Now, on the other hand, you want to look at Jesus. The Jews didn't want anything to do with the Romans. The Jews hated the Romans. And yet Jesus is talking to this Roman. Does he not know who the Roman is? Of course he does. 
And I think it's interesting that we, when we see Jesus, Jesus is always dealing with people that the world says you shouldn't have anything to do with. He deals with the Samaritan woman. He deals with this Roman. He deals with tax collectors that everybody hates. He deals with the adulterous woman that everybody's getting ready to kill. He deals with the lepers. He touches the lepers. Everybody that society says you shouldn't have anything to deal with, Jesus is hip deep in them. I mean, he's in the middle of them and just wading around and everybody's going, what are you doing? Jesus does not conform to the labels that the world puts on people. Because the world says, this guy is a Roman. And Jesus says, I don't care. This guy is a leper. Don't touch him. And Jesus says, I don't care. This woman is an adulterer. And Jesus says, I don't care. This woman is a Samaritan and she's had three or four husbands and all these things are going on. Jesus goes, I'm going to talk to her anyway. Jesus does not bow down to the labels that the world gives people. And we need to be very careful that we don't label people to where we will not minister to them. And God calls us to. He also does not work. Jesus doesn't work with the norms of society. He doesn't work with the norms of science. And he does not work with the norms of time and distance. This was a distant miracle It didn't matter that it was not in the same place as him. It didn't have to be in the same vicinity of him. It didn't even have to be in the same time. Jesus' miracles, time and distance makes no difference. And that's what he's wanting to show us here in this miracle. So we can see that he truly is God. He works with the elements. He works with time and distance. He works on on everything. And so we can see that he truly is God. And I'm sure that there were people that couldn't believe that he was talking to this Roman they had placed identity, uh, uh, placing an identity on these people, and it was. And, and if if he would have uh, gone with that, he would have been left out. And like this morning, we talked about the crippled man. Uh, the crippled man. People would say, "Well, what good is he? He doesn't offer anything for our society." And we're kind of this way in our society. We look at people at what can they give us instead of looking at people with life. That's the reason we kill so many babies, because we don't see what babies give us. Do you understand what a terrible place we're in, in our country? When we kill helpless babies, when we do that, we are labeling them as useless to society. And we need to be very careful about labeling people. And they had labeled this guy uh, a cripple. But sometimes we just say, well, they're a boy or they're a girl or they're black or they're white. Don't let the world define people for you. Allow God to define people for you. Uh, because after a while, we start believing what the world say. We start believing that and taking on the labels, and we just see people identified by who they are, or I mean, by what they are, or what they do, or what their color is, or anything like that. Jesus did not conform to labels. Jesus was was labeled as well. They called him a, a sinner, a wine bitter, a, a glutton, a blasphemer, a demon. But Jesus did not let the world define you. Don't let the world define the people around you and don't let the world define you. Our, our identity is in Christ. It's always in Christ. And, uh, and these people 
were talking about why is Jesus messing with this Roman and it didn't bother Jesus at all. And the great thing about it is it didn't keep the Roman away from Jesus. The Roman came and he, he wanted to deal with this guy. Uh, and, and, he, and he followed God. Uh, we see in Jesus' ministry always this breaking down the, of the walls of, of racism and bigotry and hatred and all these things are gone and Jesus just sees people for who they are. And so if you follow Jesus long enough and this guy followed Jesus, if you follow Jesus long enough, you're going to end up at a miracle. If you follow Jesus long enough, you'll end up at a miracle. Stay with God, and sooner or later, you're going to end up at a miracle. So the second thing is, this miracle shows that God is not limited by time or space. Or space. Jesus didn't have to be there. I know this might surprise you, but God is everywhere. God is everywhere. And he's not tied down by time or distance. I want to tell you, I'm going to tell you some things that bugs me. There's lots of things that bug me, but there's some things that bug me. Several years ago when we lived down in Ava, I was pretty young. And uh, there, was, there was a revival going on down, sort of down by Thornfield. And uh, lots of people were got, starting to get saved. And that part didn't bug me. That didn't bug me at all. What did bug me is that people acted like that was the only place in the world that the Holy Spirit was at that time. And they were like, well, if you want to get to the Holy Spirit, you've got to go to this place. Well, I don't think so. I don't think that, God, that the Holy Spirit's only address in the whole world was Thornfield, Missouri at that time. I think that God could probably find more places to live than just Thornfield, and he wouldn't have the whole world have to go to Thornfield to try to find him. I had a, I had a fellow, and I've told you this story before, but I'm telling you, it bugged me an evangelist that called me on the phone evangelist come from call from time to time want to come to our church i hardly you wonder why sometimes we don't have very many revivals i just don't trust anybody and i won't have anybody in that i have not heard and because you get people in and then they say all kinds of stuff and you have to work the rest of the year trying to unravel everything they tore up and so anyway this guy called me and he was you know he was giving me all of his schmeal about everything about how great it was and he goes pastor i'm just going to tell you what if you really want to have a holy ghost revival then you need to have me and i was like hmm wow okay i'll think about it <laughs> i didn't call him back but when we think that we've got the corner on the holy ghost you think you can corner the holy ghost that i am the you know especially one person think they've got the the the, the only way to the holy ghost i i'm sorry i don't believe that i believe that the holy ghost dwells within us the word says that we are his temple and anywhere that there's somebody that's allowing the Holy Ghost to work in his life or her life, that's where the Holy Ghost is. He says that he seeks to indwell his people. And so I think that the Holy Ghost can be at Thornfield and Ava and Marshfield and Springfield and anywhere he wants to be at any time or simultaneously. I really believe that he can. 
And so we need to be very careful about saying those kinds of things that, 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 that the Holy Ghost is only here or only there because Jesus gives us this wonderful, wonderful miracle here that says, I'm here, but I'm working over there too. I'm working here. Do you know what? The Holy Ghost was here this morning. I believe he's here tonight. But I think he's probably over with Derwin this morning. I pray that he was. I pray that he was over there moving among the, the Southern Baptists. Oh, my goodness. Could he move among them? Well, boy, I sure hope so. And he was over with Doug this morning over at the Assemblies of God. I'm sure that something was spoken and somebody's heart was moved. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? We're not the only ticket in town. And I'm glad. I'm glad. And the Holy Ghost can move anywhere. And this, praise God, this miracle shows us that I can be here and I can work over there too. And it doesn't matter how far away and time doesn't matter. Prayers that have been said years ago, it may take years and all of a sudden, boom, they're answered. Time doesn't matter to God. My mother-in-law and her sister have been praying for their brother for years, years. And their family, and all of a sudden, bing, bang, boom, in a week's time, they're all saved. Well, isn't that wonderful? Time doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter to God. And this miracle shows us that. God can work here and there. He can work in a box. He can work with a fox. He can work in a boat with a goat. (laughs) He can work here or there. He can work anywhere. I like Dr. Seuss, but anyway. Even in the middle of the funeral that I was at last week. Oh, at a funeral. I'm sorry, but bless God, that's just too solemn of a time, and, and God can't work there. Man, I saw a revival in the middle of a funeral beat all i ever seen but that's what happens god says i can do that doesn't matter to me i just want to work and so what god just wants to work wherever anybody will he wants to break out and do his work when his people seek after him and say yes there are no limitations on him verse 50 says that the man took jesus at his word i love that okay all right, did you take Jesus at his word? Do you believe what he says or do you like, hmm, I don't know. This guy was not a Jew. He knew nothing about the Jewish heritage or all that stuff. He just took Jesus at his word. What a novel idea, believing Jesus. The, the, word, says, the word says that we, we learned in the first, in the first uh miracle that we talked about that that god can be moved god can be nudged when his people pray god can be nudged and moved maybe we should uh take god at his word and pray a little more jesus in this story says that he can be moved by someone who believes and does and takes jesus at his word well maybe we should take god at his word a little more he also says that when we follow in obedience, that he moves. Well, maybe we should follow in obedience a little more. The word said God inhabits our praise. Maybe we should praise God a little more. Have you thought about that? I've got good news for you tonight. 
Wherever you are, God can find you and God can break out and work in a church service. Sunday school teachers, you ought to be praying that God would break out in your Sunday school class. You say, oh, well, that's, that's just four or five people gathered together. Well, you only need two or three. And he said, I'll be there. Or maybe God could break out, I don't know, in your house. I can remember sitting on our couch with the little kids in our, in our living room, reading and doing family devotions, and Luke Letzinger just broke down. <laughs> He's a little old kid. <laughs> I need to be saved. I'm like, I'm sorry, we'll have to wait till Sunday, son, <laughs> where we have a professional pastor to pray with you. No, we didn't. Oh, man, we all broke down and prayed with him right there. I remember that happened at your house. I don't know which one it was. Was it Meredith? Meredith called Cindy late at night. I got saved at my house. Well, I'm sorry, Meredith, but that can't happen. I'll send pastor over there and that'll be official. No, we praise the Lord. It can happen in your house. It can happen anywhere, the car, at school. God is not hindered by time and space. He is hindered by lack of faith and lack of obedience. That's what hinders him. Imagine if this guy would have said, no, no, you have to come to my house. You have to come to my house. He won't get saved unless you, he, he won't be healed unless you come to my house. Jesus could have said, mm, you're right, he ain't going to get healed because I ain't going. Because you're not obeying. There's no faith there. But he took Jesus at his word. Remember, to thank God for the miracles we have every day. You thank God for your miracles. Tonight when you go home and you got a headache, thank God that you got Tylenol. I thank God every summer for air conditioning. I love it. It's my favorite. Heat, indoor plumbing. I've seen, uh, the, uh, I've seen the opposite of indoor plumbing. You should thank God for indoor plumbing. Clean water, steady electricity. You know how wonderful electricity. Oh, Ben Hunt was 900 years old. And he said, everybody, Ben was nine. He was 90 some, wasn't he? 97 years old. And he said, everybody always talks about the good old days. He said, I'll tell you where the good old days are now. <laughs> he said, we got air conditioning and refrigeration. Ben understood that. All miracles, refrigeration. We got all these miracles. You should be thanking God daily. Try to see him. Try to look for him. Then take God at his word. Obey whatever he tells you to do. Believe that God can work here and there and everywhere. Do you know when Sunday was in Papua New Guinea? It was yesterday here. Do you know that God worked over there? We would have these wonderful church services over there when we, and they would just sing and praise God. And I would tell Cindy, oh, we had this wonderful church service. Well, it was a whole different time zone. <gasps> can God work over there and still work here? Yeah. Time zones don't mean anything to him. Anytime people get together, God seeks to be there. Pray for God to speak. Also, pray for others and yourself to obey. Don't be in church just to get, just so you can get what God wants to give you. Give praise and worship and help to others. God seeks to work 
wherever his people are. He also seeks to work in people's lives that don't know him yet. I don't believe the Roman knew him, but he knew enough that he believed in him. There are people who are coming into our doors seeking Christ. Be praying that they would see, hear, and believe and work among us. We do not have the corner on the Holy Spirit, but we sure want as much of him as we can get, don't we? Be praying that in our services, in our Sunday school class, in our teen group, in the, in the little kids' classes, and any time that we get together, that the Holy Spirit would move and that we would respond in a way that would honor him so that we could let him work. Can we do that? Let's do it. Let's all stand. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Father, I am so glad that you are not bound by geography or time. Father, you are everywhere all the time. And you want to work in every church and in every life. But you are held back by our lack of faith and our lack of obedience. So, Father, help us not to be anyone that would hold back the things that you seek to do. Help us to take you at your word all the time. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the wonderful time around the altars that we had this morning. And we just ask that you would just just do whatever you want to do. Help us not to inhibit you at all. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you. You are dismissed.